Welcome to Every Step Podcast. I'm Christina Weston. And I'm Judith Beck. Every Step is the podcast where career and life meet. With a new guest every episode, we explore the gutsy issues affecting everyone in the workplace. Welcome, Margaret Zita, who is the CEO of My Room, which is the children's cancer um, charity. And first of all, Margaret, thank you for all your hard work, because that's such a great cause. But today we're going to discuss the importance of having a network and how you will really be glad that you did, especially during downturns or any kind of economic crisis. Um, And I've been saying for years, don't wait to build your network when you need one. Anyone who's running either a charity or a business, they'll all understand that losing a sponsor or a client has a major impact. And if you don't have a solid network, replacing it will be very difficult. So Margaret, I know running a charity is probably one of the most difficult things to do. And you probably have lost a donor or a sponsor from time to time over the years. Mm -hmm. How important has your network been for you to be able to virtually have hit the ground running to try to replace that? Well, as you said, I hit the ground running and I keep running until I can find someone to fill that gap because a charity is so different to um, a corporate um, relationship that you have because I've always built my network through sheer um, leverage of trust. Trust is, he is and has always been for me um, something of great importance. And I think over my 30-year journey in the airline industry, the reason why I built such a great network was because of the fact that people could trust me. So when they were in their dire straits, when they were stranded somewhere, when they needed support, when they had a a loss of a loved one, you know, overseas, they knew that they could pick up the phone, ring me, and I would do everything in my power to try and get them back home and, and support them where I could. So building that trust over my career has actually really helped me to fulfill my desire in this chapter of my life to do what I do now. And that's in the charity space. So I hit the ground running and I have, you know, over time, you know, the circumstances beyond everyone's control where they've, where we've lost as a donor or a sponsor or a partner. And then what I do is I delve deeply into the network that I have established and that network of people that it's like a domino effect. So people who don't want to see me suffer because they know that I'm so passionate about, you know, the children and the families that are, you know, relying on us for support, that they jump on board. I've seen this phenomenon uh, during COVID and this this absolute call to action where people want to really just see you succeed. And that makes me really happy. And um, we're really proud, I suppose, I think is the right word. And it's comforting to know that I'm not on this journey alone. So I have, you know, I have really um, had the support of others to 
in my network to enable me to, you know, replace those partners or, or sponsors or find those donors or that money that, um, that I have lost through another channel. And people just jump on board throughout my network that have helped me. So it's not a one-man band. I may be the only employee in this charity over its 30-year um, journey. It, it's a trusting charity because obviously people know that when they're donating to the cause, the money's going to where it's needed. So that network that I have know that. So beyond that, they know that um, they're backing, you know, the right horse, I suppose, if that's, you know, if, you know good terminology. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now, Christina, you've you've had to build businesses over the years as well. So, and and also one of the things that Margaret just said about building trust. How have you built that through your networks, like right from corporate then to running your own businesses as well? So is that a question for me, Judith? That's for you. Oh, that's for me. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, I was just contemplating what Margaret was saying about trust. I think trust is the is at the heart of it. Mm. I was just sharing a story with Judith that I um, had a phone call yesterday from a colleague that I knew 30 years ago when I was a an up-and-coming executive and we haven't spoken in probably 20 years but the conversation that we had was as a result of the trust and the respect that was built up all that time ago mm -hmm. and I think one of the key things is and Judith and I talk about this a lot is um you can't burn your bridges yes it's really really critical to maintain good relationships and to something that you talked about, Margaret, is you would, it's a reciprocal relationship. It's an exchange of energy. So there are times when you give and there are times when you receive. But if that balance is out of whack, then it becomes really challenging to maintain those, those networks. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you have to work at it. Oh. It's like anything, it's like anything you have to work at it and it's it's rare to be able to pick up a phone call to somebody 30 years later and have a conversation no I clearly didn't put work it clearly didn't put work in over the last 30 years but there was mutual respect and trust built up through a corporate relationship and I think this person will actually play a, a pivotal part in one of the businesses that I'm involved in at the moment and I never would have thought that would have happened mm -hmm. so the network is critical Absolutely. And, you know, I think the key thing is, and Margaret, you, you touched upon it too, is that if people respect you mm. and you've helped them or you haven't been the person who calls them all the time and just ask, 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 and then never helps them. But if they respect you, they'll take your call. Absolutely. Even if they can't help Judith, it's, it's sometimes just a platform to um, just to, sort of get some guidance and some um, advice, you know, like they've got opinions, they know. And this is one of the things that I keep saying to people that I meet, especially the next generation coming through, is if you are there, if you listen, if you um, respectfully just look someone in the eye when they're speaking to you and pay attention and focus and listen to what they have to say, and even though you may not agree, over a journey, if you continuously do that over a journey of time, you know, of time, people remember that. You know, I've been to events where, you know, I've seen people stand on their own. So I just go up to them and just talk to them because I don't know who they know or what they know. 
And I've always had this in, a real desire to learn more about an individual, about their interests. And I think that's another aspect of um, your journey in your career that you build on. Like people really love the sheer fact that you're interested in them as a person and then you delve into what is it in their, you know, sort of acumen around business and, and, and other interests that take place. And then it's it's kind of organic. Like I just always took people on face value and I always wanted people to look at me at face value and not in my um, capacity of what, what is it that I can get out of you. You know, that, that real, you know, well, I suppose greed in a way, you know, of, of not really being interested, but just taking in. And as a charity, I think that's, that's why we're building a bit of momentum because my room was always very much a Samaritan type charity, always in the background, never looked for the, you know, the kudos of supporting families, families who were supported by us and never knew they were supported by my room. And I love the fa sheer fact that when I talk to um, people about my room, I talk about the relationship. It's a relationship. It's a two-way relationship, like Christina said. So it's not as a charity, you are giving us the, you know, the money and you're handing it over because we're the charity and we're going to give that to the families that need it. It's, we have an amazing network around our board and the network of people, our volunteers and everyone associated with this charity. So what is it that I can actually help you with? So if you're aligning yourself with this charity, that means a lot to the children and the families and everyone involved, people rely on us. So you're, you're actually connecting with a charity that has an incredible network. So what is it that we can do together? Because then it becomes a much more powerful and much stronger partnership. And that's, to me, I would rather have 10 really great, incredible partnerships and have a thousand that are just tapping in and just handing over a check because it's, you know, it's tick on their, you know, list of things. Oh, yeah, we've done that and looks good on a CV. That's yeah. exactly right. And, I, you know, the thing is, when you, you were talking about how you'd go into a networking um, uh, function and see someone who's standing there by themselves and have a really good conversation with them, mm -hmm. a quality conversation, and be interested in that person goes with any kind of networking because yes. how often have you seen when you've gone into a networking I used to see it all the time and you'd look around and I would I would say you see what I call the floater you know the business development person who who would be floating around the room and they'd have two second conversation with someone give me your business card and then off they go and that's yeah. not quality no. and so you know I, and I remember used to saying to to my consultants go to the person who doesn't have anybody around them because mm. you'll be surprised that they could be the person who's your next best client and have a yeah. and they'll be grateful that someone actually came up and spoke to them because yes. they're probably feeling a little bit intimidated and you know not not every senior person in the world yes an extrovert yeah who Absolutely. loves to go out and network and then sometimes people at those events who are senior people don't want to go up to them because they are intimidated by them. And so no one goes up to them. Yes. So, but the point is, once you do, you, you look them in the eye and you have a decent conversation and try to get to know that person. So important. Right. I used to, I used to um, uh, host a lot of events um, with Qantas and, you know, a lot of them would be for our platinum ones. They're the people that would sit on our aircraft for, you know, 
days on end uh, to reach a platinum one status. So you needed to do a lot of um, flying hours, right? And a lot of these people were, you know, on planes and they were just busy working. So they, you know, didn't know. They, their network of people were, you know, probably overseas, not necessarily here in, you know, um, at these events. So, and they had such incredible stories to tell. So I learned, I learned more about our aircraft and what was happening within the airline industry sometimes through our customers because they were there on the planes traveling day in, day out. And so I always got something out of the conversation from that aspect as well. So yeah, I agree. I, I think you're always learning. You're yeah. never too old to learn more. Every single day I learn something different. <laughs> exactly. I think the key takeout for me in listening to this conversation is that networking or to have a good network, it's all about relationships, not transactions. And I think many of us fall into the trap of treating it like a transaction. Mm. I know when I was in a, in a very senior influential role um, in financial services industry, I was invited to everything. I was invited to whatever the big event was, the big gala event. I was on the top 10 list of invitees. The minute I moved roles and I was no longer of value to that particular business community, I was gone. I was persona non grata. So that was a trans that was I was being traded treated for my role and my ability to influence. But what those people didn't realize is that people's careers go up and down. One minute you're you're able to support, next minute you're not. Hey, next year all of a sudden you're in another position where you might be able to support and influence. Yes. But people tend to treat you as a transaction almost rather than as a relationship. That's not very well, smart though. Is underestimate it? the power of um, PR, <laughs> and, you know, and even in, you know, when I was doing executive search, people didn't understand how important it was their networks were and their, not just their individual, um, their close networks, their external networks and outside their brand and how they were presenting themselves from a networking point of view, because people talk and, you know, building your networks building your brand as a person who should be respected will also build your networks as well. But to Christina's point, that then when all of a sudden, when you're not in that job anymore and you might have a, a break, you find out who's your strong networks mm -hmm. and you you find out who the frivolous networks are, but it's still a network like those, if they, if someone um, doesn't return your phone call because they think you have no value, to add to them anymore, well, that's a big mistake because six months later, that person may then be in a position, may actually be your boss, yes. <laughs> actually be your boss. So it's kind of just going down the human human side and going, treat people nice. How hard yeah. is it? <laughs> no, it isn't that hard. In fact, sometimes when that happens though, I don't know about you, Christina, but I found that, I find that actually cleansing. Like it's really good to know who you can actually lean on. And I honestly, I would do anything for anyone if they were, if they needed it. I mean, I'm in a in a in a role where people really need, you know, they need the help. But what does that look like? I mean, and every story is different. And that's why for us, it's about being agile and adapting to different situations. Because as we know, each one of us, our our worlds are not the same. We're all different. 
So I feel that like, especially when I, I you know, left Qantas, I suppose for me, there were so many people that you kind of thought, oh yeah, they're there and they'll be there for forever. And a few of those may disappoint you, but God, I, I think you've get a real, that gives me a real boost in um, and a real lift in knowing, okay, well, what could I have done differently there? No, well, I really couldn't do anything differently. I think I gave everything I could and it's not about me. It says more about them. And so you move on. And what has happened for me is that it, I suppose in that whole area of my 30-year career at Qantas was fantastic and it was wonderful, but I'm open to a whole new world. So my network has gone from strength to strength rather than not uh, I've, I, in some ways, I thought it would go backwards. I would suffer from it because, you know, I was in an industry where everyone wanted to know you, right? Whereas now I'm working in an industry of meeting, you know, the next generation coming through, those people that are um, actually interested in giving back, doing something with what they have achieved in order for others um you know, to, they want to share your journey. So I think that's really important. I think for the, probably one of the things I I have noticed is there's a lot of texting that happens. You know, this gen, generation coming through, and I've got three young men, you know, it's not like I speak from experience. Everything is done on texting. And I think to myself, well, no, pick up the phone and have a conversation. If you want something to happen, you either connect face to face now I know COVID made that really difficult but you know now we're out of COVID in a sense where we can meet face to face I would much rather and I connect much better on a face to face level than I do from a phone where you know you're texting what you need or an email it's just yes we've got to do that you know I find that's really important with a follow-up when you meet someone you connect but then the following up is, you know, from an email and just putting, you know, the transaction, I suppose, in that sense, um, on paper, just to help everyone to, you know, follow through. But I, I just, I don't know, social media has a lot to answer for as well. I mean, that's you one know of what? The I think that a lot of people would probably be looking at us and going, yeah, that's what you guys <laughs> would say, because that's where you've come from and you didn't yeah. have all that before. But if I was talking to some young ones coming up, the 20s, let's say the 20s, um, yeah, they're going to be texting all the time. So how are they going to build those networks? One of the things I would say to them, put yourself in a position where you are face-to-face. -face. So if the norm is texting and that's how we do it, well, once you're in a corporate environment, that's that's only going to work, like you said, Margaret, to, for cert, at certain times. Yes. But put yourself in the position where you're meeting people face-to-face -face and start communicating. Mm -hmm. Because if you are in that age bracket, let's say just starting out, and you have those communication skills mm -hmm. and you do put yourself out there, like going to work functions and things like that and, um, and speak in front of people, you will then all, all of a sudden put yourself in that top 10% bracket because so many of them won't be doing it. And once you start building your communication skills and your networks in 10 years time, you're going to have the edge on probably so many people in your bracket that didn't do that yeah it's the art of building intimate relationships rather than transactional relationships or chatting on 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 social media or on discourse or whatever platform 
a lot of those are transactional. And yes, people can get really passionate. I think that that's a bit of the juxtaposition. It's like a lot of these younger people are very passionate about causes and the environment and, and supporting you know, good causes. But are they missing the, the, the relationship piece from a truly intimate relationship piece mm -hmm. in terms of really building that trust? Because, Margaret, you are spot on. It's all about trust. Mm -hmm. Trust takes time and trust takes ups and downs and adversity and a whole range of things. Yes. And it's not transactional. That's right. It's very hard to build trust on a text. Oh. Texting back and forth if you've never met the person or email. Well, then that's transactional to that's me. Transactional. A text message. Unless you know someone really well. Like there are times when I text people because I know we're all so busy, but yeah. I've known them for years and and they know that I'll text them and then when they're ready, they can ring me because that's more about leaning in on, you know, being respectful of their time. So there's certain aspects. And then what I do is also I, and I've always done this, is when someone has done something for me, I like to thank them. I always want to give back and say thank you. So, you know, in all those years where, you know, people would, you know, want to say thanks to me and I go, great, Don't I don't need anything. Always give to someone that doesn't. So, you know, direct them to even the charity. Like I don't need for anything, but the charity does, please, if you can help them. But again, you know, a lot of our ambassadors, you know, I would actually say, please come home. I'll cook you a lovely meal in the earlier days when I actually established the ambassadorship program within my room. A lot of these AFL players would just, you know, they'd be for interstate. They'd just come. Their whole world is just football, training, football, training, right? They couldn't really mix outside of their circle. So they would come over. I would feed them my, it's traditional. It's, it's kind of like, a, a, you know, the lasagna that I make, everyone, talks about that so I make lasagna it's just them I don't do you know the partners we don't make it into a formal thing they just come as a group of um, players they eat I pack them you know leftovers for the day after I'd actually act like their mum that you know in in Melbourne that they probably you know didn't have from home and just to say thank you for supporting the charity you know I really appreciate the time you're taking out of your busy schedule to help us and it doesn't have to be a big deal. And then through that, it grows. And then when they move out, you know, when they move on to, you know, they're out of footy, they bring on the next generation that are coming through. And that is like, to me, it's a win-win because it's a give-give um, situation. So I think in any business or any form of, um, you know, pathway we choose, I think it is so important to have the conversation talk and I think even like this podcast we're all in different parts of you know um the country but this is a conversation it's not an interview it's actually a conversation the, the three of us are having and that's what really attracted me to you know to do this because I love it I love being you know there in the moment and um capturing whatever it is and walking away thinking god I got I got something I learned something new out of that so yeah just well, you know, one of the things is that from a network, networking is all about how you've made that person feel mm -hmm. and what they walk away with feeling. And when you say about just about thanking people and 
anybody who gets thanked for something or a little thank you card or a little thank you email, a little thank you text with an emoji, whatever it is, it makes you feel something. Yes. And you think, and then you remember that. And it goes in that, that was really nice of them. They didn't have to thank me for that. I was happy to do it, but it just made you feel good. And that's where your network starts to evolve. If I look at every business that I've ever started, it was because of people in my network that I've met years before. So they were the people that, you know, like supported it or, you know, that type of thing or first clients, mm-hmm. all of that. I mean, even the podcast, you know, the a lot of the people that we're having on are people that have been in our networks for years and years, mm-hmm. but the ones that have it, it's kind of like, um, okay, what do we do to to build our networks in there? Well, we reach out. We gotta we gotta make the effort. Like I've contacted people that you know. Okay, Oprah hasn't gotten back to me, and I'm not happy about that. But, but I just go, what the hell? What have I got to lose? I, I mean, you would you would crack up if you saw some of the people that I've contacted that are world leaders or whatever. And, you know, and I think, well, what the hell? I'll just send them a little exactly. note. But that's <laughs> that's the thing. I think a lot of us are intimidated by somebody's title or what they mm-hmm. do. But a lot of people are going to be flattered by the reach out. Or, you know, we, we'd love you to share your wisdom on this. We'd love, we'd love you to chat about this and help educate a, a community of listeners. And I think a lot of us are scared to reach out to people that we think are more senior, more famous, more influential or whatever. And at the end of the day, they're just people. And they all have had a beginning. Everyone has a start line. We all begin from the same place. And I think that's really mindful for um, all of us because what we create is is almost like we, we make it happen. Like we can actually really... If we believe that we have got the power to drive change, we can really do that. We, you've got to feel it. I, I, it's really hard to um, explain sometimes. I just kind of think like, for me, I knew it was going to be really hard. Like I, I actually, when I left and became my room's first ever, you know, employee, I remember I was hit with the bushfires and I thought, oh, the bushfires, how am I going to extract money out of people and really keep this charity, you know, going um, and building on, you know, great things that we need to do? And then, of course, that was nothing because it was then COVID hit and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, you know, but if you really want something that badly, you just work through those barriers and that's where your relationships do help because, People then, as I said earlier, if they they know that you really want it badly, they're going to back you because they know you're going to make it work. They know you've got people's best interests. For me, it's about the children and families. And they know I, I need for this to succeed in order because the only people that will suffer if this falls over are the, the kids and the families. Yeah. And they, they need to be there for me where I need them and when you know when when they need it when you know COVID hit and there were all these people reaching out to me to see if I could help them of course it's a two-way you know relationship so I think that's really important and um and I think yeah we all have a a start and a beginning and um 
we make what we want to make out of it. And of course, there are things that will impact us along the way that are out of our control. And that's okay, because that's a, you know, different, um, that's a different life lesson. But it's what we do when we're hit, and we're, you know, we're pushed to the floor to work out what is it that's going to get us back up and keep focusing and keep moving forward. And, and I think the great success stories have come out of people that have had those really hard hits early on in their career. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We 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 learn from those lessons yeah. and they're the most the most valuable, especially if we've taken the time to reflect and understand what has happened and what we can do differently. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Now you've got three boys that are all in their 20s, right? So do they listen to mom? Do they go, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, yeah. I'll go out and build my networks? What do they yeah. do? Well, it's interesting because my eldest is a journalist. So, I mean, that's all about networks, isn't it? Like, And it was really interesting, and I'll, I'll share this with you. So the last couple of um, events that we've had that we've now been able to go to, uh, the first one was with um, my middle son, who's 21, and studying but he came with me as my guest as my plus one to the tennis and I said to him you know now that you're you're able to you're allowed to because you've got to be over 18 so he came along and we were sitting at a table and he at the end of the night he said to me I cannot believe how hard that was and I looked at him and I said what was hard and he said well you were on a table that no you didn't know any of those people which was true he said, I know you knew a lot of other people in the room, but we were sitting at a table and I just watched you and the way that you just talked to people and you were really inclusive and you wanted, you were really interested in every single person's, um, you know, you know, job or why they were there or what their interests were. And he said, and then, you know, throughout the night, you were just, you know, tapping in. And when you saw someone, you had to say, he said, I just stood by and watched you. He said, and I actually was exhausted from just watching you, mum. And he said, so I have a real, I want to say thank you because all those years where they thought my kids would just think I was out having a great time, you know, at parties and opening nights and whatever, that I was very privileged to be at. Don't, I don't take that for granted. But he said, I understand now that it's not just being there. When you're actually at an event, it's it's hard. That's not an easy thing to do. And then my other son, my eldest son, I took him off with me to the Grand Prix. And by the end of the day, he was really, he said, I'm exhausted. I've got to go to work now. And I'm actually exhausted because, you know, talking to people all day. And I said, well, that's how you build on great, you know, sort of you're, you're building your network, but relationships as well. Because a lot of those people at some point in your life um, you know, you may want to reconnect with. And I think it's, you know, it, it's important. And, and for the Grand Prix, I remember sitting in that suite and there was a couple sitting there and they looked like, you know, husband and wife and they just didn't know anybody in that suite. So it was really obvious to me. So all these people are all, you know, catching up. And I went over and I had a cup of tea and I sat down with them and I said, oh, what's your name? I said, my name's Margaret. And, you know, and he looked at me and he said, Oh, how lovely that you've come over to speak to us. And I said, so what's your association? What brought you here today? And he said, well, I make the cup, the Grand Prix, you know, the actual trophy. Oh, wow. And I thought, really? I said, oh, I find that 
fascinating. So then I spent 20 minutes with them and then I introduced them to all these other people that I'd met in the room. And at the end of the day, his wife came up to me, both of them, they gave me their number. They said, please come and visit us. Like we are so, we've had such a great day and thank you for making the time to come and talk. And I thought that didn't take, I was genuinely, I was interested in, in learning more about their history, especially in the trophy making. But I thought what a beautiful couple to come and I was watching, I was actually really more interested about them as a couple because they looked like to me, they interacted so beautifully and they were older, much older. And I thought, oh, what is it? I want to hear what, what keeps them, you know, the, um, I suppose the, uh, the relationship alive too, you know, like I love hearing stories about that because, you know, when you've been married for a long time, I've been married 29 years. Um, you know, like it's really interesting to see how other couples um, survive because, you know, I think the after COVID, I heard that there were so many more, uh, you know, breakups in relationships. And again, it's, you know, that was really sad to hear. But yeah, anyway, I just, that was really, so my kids have learned a lot over the last couple of years, I suppose, in watching me. And then my youngest one is 16. So um yeah, he's watching, very yeah, watching yeah. you. He's what he's learning, and he'll learn from the the older brothers as well too. Yeah, but what a lovely story, and what um what a great great experience. And if you don't go up to people like that, then mm. you miss out mm. on some really interesting conversations. And I think the one thing that I would say to people who are listening to this today that networking is hard. It doesn't come natural. People think, oh, people are natural networkers. Nobody yeah. is a I don't believe you're, you're just a born connector. Yes, a born yeah. connector. You're not yes. it's not natural. It's hard. It's work most of the time. Where you but it can be interesting and rewarding if you put yourself out there. And all you gotta do is say hello. Yes. <laughs> it's not that right. hello. But isn't it interesting because as a person. As me, you know, Margaret, as an individual, I'm an introvert. I'm actually a very shy. Um, I know people find that hard to believe, but when I'm away from all of that, I'm actually a very shy, quiet um, introvert. And people used to really struggle with that. So what they would interpret that as is, oh, oh, she's a snob. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's really interesting because it's I'm not that at all, but I'm actually very shy. My my makeup is that I have always been very shy, but what I've had to do is really push myself out there. So probably in the earlier years, people would think, oh, yeah, look at her. She just won't talk to anyone. But I had to really force myself to do. But as you do force yourself into that uncomfort, you know, the non-comfort zone, you start to develop um, uh, this, this inner strength of, gosh, actually it wasn't that bad because you're putting yourself out there. It's like everything. Like, you, you know, Judith, I think we've spoken about this, public speaking, I hate it. And at the end of the day, I think, well, what is my worth in that public speaking? You know, what is it? Why would people want to listen to me? And we talk about the imposter syndrome and all of that. But I think sometimes you've just got to do it you just got to be out there and try something once. And it doesn't always come naturally, but you it's like anything, you've got to practice and you've got to just keep doing that. 
And, and if you're true to yourself and you're authentic and you're real, people see through that. You know, I really believe that. So, Judith, what are, what are your key takeouts? We're, we're getting we're getting close yes. to time. Yes. Your, what are your key takeouts around networking? Well, look, I, I I think my key takeouts with networking is one, regardless of um, what age you are, and it's harder when you, look, if you're just starting out. You've got to you've got to take the initiative to speak to people that you don't know. And, you know, there's there's ways of doing that, LinkedIn, those types of things. But also, if we're talking about networking events, then it starts with the hello and going up to people. Don't levelize people. Don't think that person is on a, at a higher level than you. If you take that out of your thought pattern about people are on higher levels than you, then you will have an easier time networking because you'll go up to that person mm -hmm. as an equal and you know go up to the people who aren't um you know standing there with a group of other people who might be a little bit intimidated themselves and understand that it isn't easy so tick that off your box it's not easy i got to work at it tick that off my box i'm just going to start and say hello tick that off my box and i might make a really good contact with someone but it you need more than one <laughs> Right. You, need a, you need a lot. So you don't just make one and think you've done it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep on going and build your networks because they will help you throughout your career. You'll never know. And don't start building your networks when you need them. Start now. Start the minute you get into your first job. Start building your networks. Margaret, you're the master or mistress or whatever the <laughs> whatever the word is of networking. What 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 would be your key? recommendations or key advice to to people that are wanting to improve their networks well I think you know we're pretty lucky these days you know when Judith you touched on LinkedIn you know we've got all these tools now in order to tap into um, different networks of people so it's very different to when we started out you know but I think what I would say is be true to yourself always be you don't pretend to be something else that you are because you'll always get caught out and be in the moment. Look someone in the eye, you know, when you're speaking, pay attention to them, not who else is coming in the room that you think might be better to talk to or can further your career, but be in the moment and always be honest and trustworthy. And I think if you kind of just do that, you know, you're not going to, always succeed it you know there are people that you may not connect with but that's okay and and always try so even if you don't know someone and you want to connect and I really agree with Judith you know don't think anyone's better than you we all are equal footing everyone has a, a story to tell and I think that if you tap in like for me I think even in this industry like you know within the charity there are lots of people I don't know. I go out there and I put myself in front of them and, and try and build on that one-to-one -one relationship. And I think um, just tap into there and do a bit of research on the person as well. Take the time to, you know, look at their profile because LinkedIn's a great tool for everyone. You can actually see their interests and what they've done in their past. So you've got a front foot already with um, that back-end knowledge. So, yeah, I think that's probably my take out. 
Yeah, brilliant, brilliant pieces of advice. And I think in summary, for me, it's a skill. Work at it. Yeah. Work at it. Work at it. Hey, can I add one thing? Um, because you know how we used to network and we'd meet people and we'd go, can I have your business card? Mm-hmm. You know, then they'd give you a business card or you do the tap. Well, I would say to young ones, because you meet people and you think, okay, how am I, they're going to feel a little bit self-conscious about how am I going to keep this networking going? So you could end the conversation by saying, hey, are you on LinkedIn? Mm. And they say, yes, do you mind if I connect with you? Yeah. And then that way, at least when you go back to the office or wherever you go, you go back to your home office, you look them up and you can go onto LinkedIn, find them, send them a little note saying it was great to meet you at the Grand Prix today. Um, look forward to being a LinkedIn connection. Because the, wor- because the worst thing that you can do, I think, is try to sell them right away. Yes. Where you con- you connect with them right away. Because I hate that when people yeah. connect with me right away and then all of a sudden I get this long um, thing about a program that doesn't even pertain to me. Yeah. So keep it personal. Keep it personal. Thank them. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks for connecting. Love to meet you. And then keep them as part of your network. Invest time. Invest that time. time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Margaret, it's been an absolute delight Mm -hmm. chatting with you. Um, Feel so privileged to have spent this time with you. And for all our listeners, if you'd like to support my room, there'll be information in the show notes. And um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much, Judith and Christine. I've really enjoyed our chat. And thanks for all your support. And now, Christina, uh, I've got another person in my network. Exactly. Good to meet you. (laughs) You too. Thank you so much. Thanks. For more information about Every Step and our guests, head to everysteppodcast.com. To be notified of new podcasts, please subscribe via your favourite listening platform. And of course, follow us on social media and direct message us to share your ideas about guests or topics.